0: Good morning and welcome to a two-hour edition of Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. So last week we had our very first episode of Bite Size and thank you for all the positive comments that came in. For those that missed it, you could head over to the nachumsegal.com archives or the NSN app and check it out. If this is your first time tuning into Bite Size, let me tell you how this show is going to work. Each week, we will share interviews by different contributing hosts of the network. Some may be Quick bites; others longer. We'll have shows with one-long interviews and other shows with shorter ones. What's important for you all to know is that every week will be unique, and I'll be here to guide everyone through an exciting two hours of bite-size. So now let me tell you about this week. I know it's September, and we're already in the school mode, You know where we've switched gears from summer to school, but that still doesn't mean we can't reminisce about the summer that was. With that said, this week I am joined by Leora Zamek, who interviewed two different campers at Kids of Courage. Kids of Courage this past summer spent there nine days or so in Dallas, Texas, very close to my home of Houston, Texas, and she has two interviews with two different campers talking about their experience there in Dallas. Later on in the show, we'll replay some of interviews done by Sammy Schechter, and he spoke to different members of four different camps around this time last year and asked them about their summer experiences. Also, be on the lookout towards the end of the show for a weekly segment I've dubbed Four to the Door. I'll explain it more as we're closer to wrapping things up here, but it's definitely a worthwhile segment to stick around for. It's something, uh, you know, I kind of just thought about over the last few days, and uh, I'm pretty excited to debut this segment. I'll be joined, not specifically on air, but I'll be joined by Jamie Turkel, our assistant programming director, who, she'll help me out with this segment. It'll be a fun time, um, and I definitely encourage all of y'all to stick around. But that's more for the end of the show. For now, we're going to hand it over to Leora Zamek who talks to Daniil Younger about his time in Dallas with Kids
1: of Courage.
2: I'm here with Daniel Younger. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Leora. How are you? I'm um,
2: good. How are you? So we just met really today, but I've seen you on the trip a little bit. Yeah. Our Kids of Courage. How are you liking this
1: year's trip? Uh, this trip is awesome. Um, I would have never been able to go to Texas if it wasn't for Kids of Courage.
2: I'll be honest, I've never been able to go to Texas either. That's just because, like, who comes to Texas? But
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I'm doing stuff that most people who are healthy aren't even doing. Great. and it's just, it's just amazing. As Right now we're at a NASCAR racetrack. Uh, a few days ago we went to a rodeo.
2: Is this an official NASCAR?
1: Uh, yeah, it actually is. Um,
2: that's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I heard from someone it seats about 200,000 people.
2: Wow, it does have a lot. What's confusing is that there's a, um, there's a parking lot on the track. It doesn't look like they usually have that.
1: Um, well, since the track is so big, you're able to fit like, whatever right. you want in the middle.
2: That really loud noise in the background is they just started one of the race cars. There's a real racer here who actually just started one of the cars to show us. I don't know how they drive those things.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I heard they have like 800 horsepower.
2: Pretty cool. So tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: So um. What brought you here? What brought me here? Uh, or a little I'm, bit about yourself
2: <laughs> first, because
3: you're a person.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, my name is uh, Daniel Younger. I am 22 years old. I, when I was uh, two years old, I was diagnosed with uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, which is a progressive muscle disorder. There's which, a
2: few people here. I think you have
1: that. Yeah. There's. Uh, quite a few people who have that. Um, so what that is, is the muscles slowly get weaker, but we to got to deal with what we uh, are given. There's
2: places like Kids of Courage who uh, bring you up a little bit, I
1: guess. Uh, yeah, definitely. It shows you that you can still do stuff and you don't have to sit home all day. That, what
2: number summer is this for you?
1: This, Well, I've been here since the first trip. Whoa. Not, is that re-
2: like eight years?
1: Something like that. Um, It's pretty cool. Yeah, we've been to uh, Orlando, San Diego, San Francisco, L.A. Never Texas. This is the first time for for Texas. First time
2: for Texas. Um, What do you think? Would
1: you come back? Um, Yeah, I definitely would. Um, It's just a lot less traffic than New York.
2: (laughs) So true. I think we hit traffic like once. The
1: whole trip. Yeah whatever they call traffic. It's nothing like the traffic we have in New York. <laughs> That's
2: true. So what do
1: you do during the year? So I actually just um, finished. I was for four years in uh, base medrash in Yeshiva Darachet Torah. Cool. In Farakwe. Um And now I'm actually starting college. Um, Where? I'm starting in uh, Queensboro, But um, we'll see what happens. I might end up switching over to uh, Toro. Uh, I went to Toro. Yeah, it's a good place. Um, yeah, so eventually I want to go to law school. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Um, my
2: dad wanted me to go to law school. It didn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one thing that my parents and Kids of Courage and other great organizations like this have showed, showed me and other campers that you can can do almost anything that you put your mind to. Um, I mean, I heard law school is hard, but... I mean, I know from being on the Strip and from my parents that if I put my mind to it, that I'll be able to uh, succeed at that. It's really so, good. Yeah.
2: You got any uh, words for the world?
1: Any words for the world? Um,
2: I mean, that pretty much is it. Yeah. You said. You could, the way you live your life.
1: Yeah. You don't, can do it. Yeah, don't, uh, don't think anything is too big to accomplish. And It's pretty good. Yeah, it's... Uh, Pretty much the <laughs> thank
0: you. And thank you Leora for that wonderful opportunity to hear from Danielle Younger of Kids of Courage. For those of you that want to see more of what Kids of Courage is all about, go to kidsoc.org. That's k i d s o c.org and you could really read about everything wonderful that they do uh, for these kids every summer. It's really a uh it's something I I really didn't know much about um, before this summer, but uh, I heard about it from Leora and uh, reading about it, 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 it's, it really seems like an incredible, wonderful summer experience for these kids. That they really don't get to experience this uh, throughout the year. A little bit about their trip. They went to Dallas, Texas, and uh, they were there for about eight or nine days. And, I mean, just some of the things they did over the summer, they, they went to Six Flags over Texas, one of the amusement parks, one of the bigger ones in the world. Uh, they spent a day at the rodeo, and for those of you, you know, I'm from I'm from Texas, so it's something I've experienced. But the rodeo is truly a fascinating, um, it's a fascinating experience for those uh, either in the north or that just haven't really had the chance to uh, to check one out. It's it's really, uh, I mean, maybe I, I'm a little biased in that I, I like them a little more because of my southern upbringing. But uh, it's really it's really a cool a cool thing to check out. They also they had an eighth day concert at at&t stadium the home of the dallas cowboys they also uh had a presentation by the dallas police department and and as you just heard on this interview with danielle younger they were at texas motor speedway one of the uh official racetracks of um, nascar racing so i encourage all of you to check out the kids of courage facebook page or kidsoc.com to really check out everything that they do uh for these wonderful kids And with that, I'm actually going to send it right back over to Leora, who speaks to another camper, and we're going to hear about all her experiences on this trip.
2: We're back now with Naomi Hess.
4: Hello, Naomi. Hi, Leora. Where are you from? I am from Hartsville, Maryland. I've never heard of it. Is it close to Baltimore? It is right in between Baltimore and Washington, D.C.
2: But you just want to be your own town, like most people would say. Like, oh, I'm from Baltimore, but no. Well, I'm not. I'm a half hour away. Oh, that's far. That's not so close. Yeah. Okay, so we actually met on Kids of Cards last year. Right. Sort of. Like we knew of each other. Yeah. And then we reconnected in Camp Simla. And now we're back here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how's your summer been going so far? It's been fantastic. Thank you. It's good. What about you? Mine's been good. I'm a little bit tired, but you know that's to be expected on the last day of a trip.
4: Absolutely.
2: Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Well, I have muscular dystrophy. Um, specifically, it's called congenital fiber type disproportion. It's very rare. Basically, my muscles just aren't as strong as everyone else's. Mine does not. It's not progressive. It does not get worse. In fact, the harder I work, the better I get. So, so that's nice. It is. It's a little bit different. It is. Do you feel unique because of your, like, rare version? Yeah, I forget how many people have it, but it's a really small number. That's crazy. Um, but plenty of other kids here have muscular dystrophy, right. so they know what it's like to have a muscle condition. Right. So what exactly do you do during the year? You're well, pretty Well, I'm so. going into 11th grade. Okay. Um, I go to a public high school that has a very good program for me. Um, they help me with whatever I need. I'm in normal classes. I'm taking four APs. Wow. Um, I didn't take any APs.
2: But that's mostly because I skipped 12th grade. So, like, there was no real time. For well, it. that's impressive. Oh, that's because I, high school was like, my school closed. And then oh. it's like a whole thing. So, right now we're in the air conditioning. Thank it's goodness. so hot outside. I think this is the hottest day of the trip so far.
4: Luckily, it's not a lot of actual... In the sun. Right. Activities. Did you go in the race cars? I just went.
2: I was. It's fantastic. How fast did he go?
4: Um, About 85 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. It is. I mean, I've probably driven
2: that. I hope my parents didn't hear me say that. But <laughs> I probably have driven 85 before I realized how fast I'm going.
4: Well, this is different. It's on a real racetrack. That's true. we
2: in some cool turns. We asked the, um. there's a real race car driver here. We asked him how fast... He went, and he said the fastest he's ever gone is 190 miles an hour, which is du- oh, more than double what you just did. And meanwhile, my wheelchair goes six miles per hour. <laughs> six. That's
4: and that's considered well, fast. You, you, yeah, you zoom. I do. You zoom around, but you could also walk still. I can, for short distances. Long like in my school, um, in my classes, I'll get into a normal desk. Oh, really? Park my wheelchair. I remember
2: the first time I ever saw you stand up. No, you, you don't usually tell by you because like you're in a wheelchair, or whatever. Sure. And then it was a fashion show last year. All of a sudden, you got down and you did the catwalk, and I was like, "Whoa, this girl is for real." <laughs>
4: that was a really good experience. Yeah, what they do here is amazing. It is. I'm really thankful to have a place like this where that's no one adventures um, with some of my best friends and like places I want to go on my own.
2: Well, you went on your own adventure this year, right? Um, you know?
4: I did. So I, I went. I went to Italy through Make-A-Wish with my mom and my dad and my brother and it was amazing. Words can't describe it.
2: Really? What kind of stuff did you do?
4: Well, we went to the Colosseum. We went to the Jewish uh, quarter in Rome. We saw the shul. Um, We also went to Florence, uh, Pompeii, Capri. And what was the best part? The food? Yes, well Eat a lot of pasta and pizza? Yes, I eat pizza and gelato every day I guess you have to I'm avoiding pizza since then Can't even look at it anymore I'm well, It's probably not as good No, it's really thin crust, almost like matzo You know oh. what I'm saying? You can't have pizza now because I it doesn't know. live up to what you ate there um, I am in Italy a month ago, so a month without pizza
2: That's a lot for me That's a long time without pizza
4: It is Yeah, pizza's good I should go with pizza. I'm missing my gelato too. What is is that ice cream? It's like that, but it's like creamier kind of. Alright. Well what are you looking forward to? In life. In life. What are you up to? Well, I said I'm in eleventh grade and I'm um, I'm starting to think about college. Okay. And I want to be a teacher. That's so cool. I'm any also sp- any specific subject? I haven't decided if I want to do elementary or middle or like it's English a good decision. It's or very I love English. Yeah. So I couldn't teach that in older grades. Right. Other inside the news inside. I never of- read any of the books they made us read. Ever. Ever. Wow.
2: I you stamps for a lot. But one year, my mom was like, "Oh my gosh, you should do the summer reading before you go to camp. You should get it over with." And I was so lazy and I didn't do it. And then when I was in camp, my school closed down. So I was like, "Ha! It's a good thing I didn't read those books." <laughs> I just got into reading now. Jen, have you read Harry Potter? No, I saw the movies, though. I know it's not the same. My brother-in-law tells me it's not the same thing. I'm not interested in those kinds of books. I
4: don't know. They're not my thing. Understandable. It's not for everyone. Um, Other inside a news is that I'm in the process of getting a service dog. That's so cool. Uh-huh. I'm afraid of dogs, but that's so cool for you. I won't ever
2: come near you again, but that's so cool. No, I'm just kidding. Both my best friends have dogs, and I rarely go to their house anymore. And every time they come... They have to put the dog away, and they're like, oh, why is the dog away? All oh, Leo is here. Oh, fine. I understand. Yeah. So what do you want to, like, tell the world? Do you have anything exciting, cool, words of inspiration,
4: anything you want to tell the world? Well, I have been... Not like
2: the whole world is listening, but you know. I,
4: I, I get it. I mean, I have been through a lot more than most kids my age. I'm 16. I've had to grow up on the Twitter side. Right. Um, I've had multiple surgeries. I've been hospitalized. But through it all, I've just remained optimistic. And I think that's the absolute best thing that you can do in any situation. Because with a condition like mine, if I didn't believe that things would have better, they wouldn't. You have to hope and have hope. And that's what that's been through. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you, Naomi. You too.
0: Thank you, Leora. And thank you, Naomi Hess, for those truly inspiring words about her summer and, and her experiences both in everyday life and at Kids of Courage. Again, Kids of Courage, you can check them out on Facebook, Kids of Courage or online at kidsoc.com. Do yourself a favor and check out everything that they do for these kids. It's it's truly inspiring and and you know, will definitely put a smile on your face today. With that, we're going to head over to some music. We're going to play a little Et recode, a time to dance by Yakov Swecky. Ava
5: la la ila a la ila haze la la ila
6: La Kulzman la la it
0: Code by Yako Sweki. You know, this song is actually one of my favorite songs. It's such a happy and uplifting song. It's, you know, one of those songs that when you're at a wedding, a friend's wedding, and and either they start the second dance with it or they just play it at a random time. It's one of those songs that everyone just gets so involved in. It's such a, such a, you know, great beat to it. And And I figured it was a perfect song to play here as we're talking about summer, as we're talking about the happy times. And, uh, you know, I thank Leah Razamik, who interviewed two campers, Danielle Younger and Naomi Hess of Kids of Courage, to talk about their experiences there. Now we're going to shift over to Sammy Schechter, who interviewed four different staff members of four different camps at this time last year. And we're going to hear about their experiences running the show, so to speak, at their camps.
7: Our first guest hails from Livingston, New Jersey, and um, – You know what, I will let him be introducing himself, but um, I'd like to welcome Jesse Zucker to the show. Jesse, how you doing?
8: I'm good, Danny. How are you?
7: I'm good. Excellent. Thank you for taking the time today to speak to us. Uh, It's my pleasure. So, uh, Jesse, would you mind just telling the world a little bit about yourself?
8: Um, Well, um, my name is Jesse Zucker. I'm from Livingston, New Jersey. I go to um, RKYHS, Kushner. Um, I'm a senior. I was born in Livingston.
7: Uh, I don't know, anything else. <laughs> sounds sounds great to us, Jess. So would you mind just telling us um, you had the opportunity to spend the summer where this past summer?
8: Um, so for the first two weeks of the summer, um, I worked on at Yakut Getaway as a fellow or a CIT, um, and after that, I went to Camp Nashar as just a counselor.
7: Jessica. Nobody is just a counselor, Jesse. You're not just a counselor. (laughs) That's great. So can you tell what is, what is Yachat Getaway? What is that? What kind of program is that? Um, well, Yachat Getaway is, it's only two weeks long and it's for, um,
8: adults mostly with special needs, um, who take two weeks, um, to get away from their job or just take take a break or like, it's like a vacation for two weeks.
7: And I'm sure they all uh, really enjoy that. Everyone can use the vacation. And what was your responsibility there? Um, so my responsibility was
8: um, mostly um, our fellows were, were um, planning activities and um, and helping out where we were needed and um, um, yeah, mostly stuff like that.
7: And was this your first experience as a uh, you know, on the counselor end of the Yaha uh, of the Yaha programs? Yes. So what was that? What was that transition like going from a from a participant to a counselor in just one year of change? Um, well, it was it was it was kind of amazing actually, because you, you're you you see for
8: one the other side of it. You see how much your counselor should really be put in. Um, and you also I mean, from the experience, from the the from the perspective of actually just doing it and seeing the change and all the differences that you make just from two weeks or just from a short amount of time with these, um, with these people,
7: it's, it's, like, it's kind of amazing. That's really cool. So what kind of, kind of programs did you do with them? And what were your um, – I'm assuming so, everything you did, you know, you have a goal, whether it be fun, whether, you had, whether it be educational. So what were the activities that you did and what were your what were your goals over those two weeks
8: So well our goal was mostly like, just to give them a fun two weeks to give make sure that they're having a great time because this was their two weeks off for the summer and then the rest of the year they're working so we want to make sure they're having the best time that they're, they Absolutely. can have but um our well, the activities um well they they varied so some 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 days um would be we'd be having a sports so we'd be playing soccer and then we'd have an art where we'd be doing like splatter paint or um, yoga sometimes like different there were like all there was sports and there was um, art there was
7: so all um, different all different ways to but, get people enjoying yeah. their summers and fitting everyone's uh, criteria of what they enjoy. Yeah that's awesome that's awesome. Yeah. So what as a as a counselor and as someone who um, I actually had the privilege of going on the program a few years ago, um, and I know the schedule and the calendar says it's two weeks, but it feels a lot longer than two weeks sometimes. Um, so, oh, yeah. what, what was it that um, I can assume that you you sometimes felt the same way? So, what was it that you know that got you going? You, know, you every in such an experience and such a special uh, opportunity that you had. What were the like you said your goals of just giving them a good time? But for you personally, what, what were you looking to get out of it and Um, you know that the summer, you know, the experiences that you learn and that you give over hopefully last throughout the rest of the year as well. So what exactly, you know, were the things that you gained and you hope that your participants gained um, that not only they they took from the summer, but also, you know, helped them through the year as well? Um, well... There's... there's Let me put you on the spot there. there.
8: (laughs) Um, but... Um. So I, I'm the first thing. I think the second thing that you said was what I what did I gain, right?
7: Right. What did you gain, and what did you look to give okay. over?
8: Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I for me, I think a lot of what I gained was an understanding more about just people and and interacting with people and and seeing people for who they are. It's like a I guess, I guess it's sort of a classic. Yeah, that message, but seeing people for who they <laughs> like are. One and, one nonetheless. And, yeah, 100%. Um, but, and that, like, there's a lot more that, like, um, that there's a lot more to a person than just the way they look, obviously. Um, and the second thing you said, the second question was, can you repeat it one more time?
7: Yeah, well, so you, what, what you gained and then what you tried to give over? You know, lessons or. Right. Okay, so. Um, well what we tried
8: to give our work were, were things that we there was only so much we could do to help these people in the two weeks that we had in the long run um, but as much as we could so just helping them with um, whatever sort of social scenarios or whatever sort of things that they might that might be a little that might be very every, everyday for someone else so if we're um, helping them decide, like, what kind of um, things they like to do or what helping them find out different things about just um, the kind of
7: um, activities, things like that. Right, so helping, it's funny, you take, you know, a lot of think, times we take things for granted, the experiences that we have, um, and sometimes it takes a few seconds to recognize that, you know, not everybody is able to do everything that everyone else can. And something that may take us two seconds or think, we think that it may be an easy task to accomplish. Um, sometimes, uh, for others, it takes a little bit longer. And it, the patience that you learn and, um, it, both in the process on your end and the chance that they get to learn how to do whatever it is they're doing. Um, you know, you said it's only two weeks, but it can go a lot longer than that. That's yeah. for sure. And then you said, so you went from getaway right to, straight to Nesher? Yeah. And what mm-hmm. what is Camp Nesher like? What was your what, what did you do there? Um Cam Nesher, it's
8: hard hard to put into words, but it's uh it's it's like a community, it's like a family. It's a small camp and so everyone it's really everyone knows each other, um, and it's a very great environment. Um, I was a counselor there for so those eighth grade.
7: Sorry going into weird. eighth grade. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what, how many years have you been there? Um, this was my seventh year, I think. Wow, yeah. seventh year. So again, going from camper to counselor, just a short amount of time. Yeah. That's awesome. So what? can you give us just, just one or two more questions for you about Nesher? What What were are, are the – did you have similar goals to your Yachad program, different goals, and what did you gain from being a counselor? and what did your kids gain from uh, spending time with you this summer?
3: Um,
8: well, they, they were similar, uh, make sure, make, making sure they had the best summer they could have, uh, but also a little bit different um, because we're, they're very different scenarios. Um, but um, I think trying to have an effect and a, a lasting um, impression on my campers and, and trying to give them something in the summer that they wouldn't usually get during the year. Whether it's an in, like inspiring religious experience, whether it's just some whatever everyday thing that they they now like to do because it's a little bit different, but helping them throughout past the summer and helping them as people as opposed to just as just
7: yeah sounds Jesse sounds like uh, you know you know what you're doing over there and that's interesting a lot of people in my experiences. Come across a lot of counselors who uh, look at it as a summer job, way to make a few extra bucks, you know, to have their own good time. Um, but uh, as you're pointing out, and as you're saying, that you know the summer lasts. The summer camp is just the beginning. You know, hopefully those impacts and those relationships last a lot longer, and the lessons that you give over last much longer than uh, just that summer, and they last throughout the year. So, uh, yeah. thank you very much for your time, Jesse. I really appreciate you taking out the time, okay. telling us a little bit about Camp Nesher a little bit about Yaha Getaway. Um, and it sounds like you had a great time. And for anyone who's uh, interested yeah. in joining those experiences, I'm sure they'll find a way to get a hold of you as well. Yeah, please. Alright, so thank you so much, Jesse. I Wishing you Jesse. a great year. Um, and uh, looking forward to uh, hearing from you uh, maybe later in the year as well, hearing how those lessons are, are going. Oh, same to you, Sammy. Alright, Jess, have All a great right. one. Be well.
0: And thank you, Sammy, And before we move on with some of Sammy's other interviews, we're going to play a few of my favorites from Simcha Liner's new album, SL2.
9: Sabatov is so what of moving after, and Sashem like a home. Be a hot of the Sabatov is so what of moving after, and Sashem like a home. Be a hot of the Sabatov is so what of moving in the we not know, they were in the end of the day Pensavo, pensavo tu esa se me lo hai che rotto. tu esa se So, the all is the soul of 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 the soul i Color that's a low key. He made a color that's a of color My Samuel King Kimelech kala adet, kimelech kala adet, kimelech kala adet, zeloi kim. Kimelech kala adet, kimelech kala adet, kimelech kala adet, zeloi kim. Zamu eloi kim, zamu,
0: on Simcha Liner's new SL2 album. And as I referred to earlier, you know, SL2 was one of those albums. It's one of my favorite albums mainly because it has such great music, but it, it's not often where you find one album that has, you know, four or five of your favorite songs. But really, you know, Simcha Liner did a phenomenal job with, you know, some of my favorites, Vyatza Vialakol, Viala Akol, as we heard. So it's rare that you find so many great songs on one album, but Simcha Khaliner with his SL2 album really did that. Moving on with Sammy Schechter's interview, we're going to hear from another staff member of a different camp right here on Bite Size.
7: Our next guest, moving um, about 40 minutes away from Camp Nesher um, in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, we have our next guest coming from, I believe, also Kushner High School graduate, um, just like Jesse. Um well we'd like to welcome Hannah Schechter to the show. Khanna, how are you doing?
10: I'm great. How are you?
7: I'm good. Thank you for asking. So um, are you are you from you went to Kushner, right? Yeah.
10: Yeah. <laughs>
7: are you are you from Livingston as well?
10: No, I'm actually from East Brunswick, New Jersey. It's East about Brunswick. an okay. hour south of Livingston.
7: Okay, alright. Well we don't want to give Livingston too much credit for this show. But, uh, Hannah, you mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to?
10: Sure. Um, I am currently in my senior year um, at Penn in nursing school. So as soon as I graduate this year, I'll be looking for a job in nursing. And i um, very right. excited. i hear that, that everyone's looking nervous. for a job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, very exciting stuff.
7: <laughs> very cool.
10: Um, so you okay.
7: are in Penn Nursing finishing up uh from East Brunswick, New Jersey.
10: Yeah.
7: And where did you uh spend this past summer?
10: Uh this past summer I was at Mosheva I.O. Indian Orchard in Holmesdale, Pennsylvania. Um, it was my thirteenth summer in Mosheva, which is kind of wow. crazy. It's a really long time.
7: Yeah. <laughs> But you must clearly <laughs> like what you're doing if you keep going back. Yes,
10: And definitely. what exactly did you do this summer? Uh, this summer I was a division head, um, or rosé dad, as we call it, in camp. Um, so I supervised, I had a male counterpart, um, but we supervised um, the division of kids. Who is going your male counterpart? TV you want grade? to give them a
3: shout-out?
10: Sure, Jeffy Silverman. He's actually in Israel right now. Hi, Jeffy.
7: <laughs> so, you know what? Jesse was also has been a guest on this show before. so Jesse's uh, getting his money's worth here. Well hello, Jesse. <laughs> Sounds like yeah, a powerhouse team. Awesome. Very cool. And what division were you uh, Roche a dying for?
10: Uh, it was Ada Gimmel, so that's kids who are 12 and 13, and they're going into eighth grade.
7: Very cool. So what exactly what does exactly does that mean to be a division head in Camp Moshewa? What is what are your responsibilities include? What kind of uh, things are you responsible for?
10: Um a lot. (laughs) More than (laughs) I, I think expected going in. Um it kind of is all encompassing. I would say my main focus was the staff. Um and making sure that things are running smoothly between co-counselors and making sure that the counselors are supervising their kids and, you know, making sure the program is running smoothly um, and then just dealing with the logistics of, like, every day, the schedule, making sure people are where they need to be and if we ever went out of camp on a trip, making sure that everybody was accounted for and seeing their jobs, Um you know, dealing with right. the nitty-gritties, dealing with homesick kids, discipline <laughs> oh, wow. occasionally.
7: But sounds like you got your your hands full, and hopefully you found yeah, time to definitely. fit in your own good time as well.
11: Yeah, no, it was good. All <laughs> right.
7: Good. So what exactly? What exactly? So you definitely worked hard this summer, and I'm sure the kids had a great time. Um, but what is it that sets Mosheva apart from, you know, different camps? What is what is most something that you know Mosheva prides themselves on that, um, you know, that makes it such a special such a, such a special place?
3: I
10: think what sets it apart is that it has a real ideology, a very concrete ideology, and they have a very specific mission that they're trying to accomplish for kids who come to camp. Um, so for those of you who don't know, most um, of that is the B'nai Kiva camp, um, so it is a religious Zionist um, camp that believes in, you know, ultimately meeting Aliyah um, and just teaching about Israel and teaching about, you know, the cultural aspects of Israel and the political aspects of Israel and um, kind of giving kids a feel for what it is like to live in Israel without actually being there. Um, so the whole camp is kind of structured around that mission. And so that goes into the Khinuch that the camp does and the programs that they do. It's not only sports or um, arts and crafts. It's also educational programming, which I think is really felt very strongly. Um, and it's not just any summer camp where you go and have fun, which obviously is a huge, huge part of it, but it's also... Right. Educational
7: fun. Yeah, oh, that's that's really cool. So, as a as a division head, are you do you have an opportunity to you know really take those values and lessons and that ideology and put it into your own version you know of, of affecting it you know Are you do you follow what the camp does um, and they give you the programming? or Are you able to plan your own programming and add your own chanoshechter spices into the way you want to educate your kids?
10: Um, I think it's I think it goes both ways. I think I grew up in Mosheva, so a lot of who I am today was shaped by Mosheva's ideas and, um, I guess, programming. Um, but, of course, as I've gotten older, I've been able to develop my own you know thoughts on things and my own religious expression, and Zionistic expression. Um, so I think that... I, when I was interacting with kids and interacting with staff with, you know, talking about how they should be, you know, interacting with kids and spreading a certain educational message, um, it came both from a place of, you know, this is what I know the camp is trying to convey, but, you know, it's also okay for you to share a little bit of your own personal um, take on things. And I think that, if anything, that gets through to kids um, more because they think that they see that when you're really genuinely passionate about something, and it's not just you know, oh, this is what the camp wants me to tell you. It's this is really coming from me because I've experienced this and I've lived this and I've developed these um, thoughts about Israel um, and absolutely. religion. Then it yeah, it just makes them much more powerful.
7: Yeah, and I, it sounds like you know just as well as anyone that it's interesting that kids can kids can learn. And really, do learn in many ways more in two months of summer camp than ten months of the year, um, and it sounds like you 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 know that and you take advantage of that um, that you you know you show your kids you know the way to live and inspire them both act, both actively and passively just leading by example you know and they see it you know kids aren't kids aren't dumb they they can see what their counselors what the division heads are passionate about. You know, what makes them happy, what makes them smile, what makes them, you know, proud of what they're doing. Um, and that definitely sounds like you guys were doing that over there this summer. Yeah,
3: definitely. Are you?
7: Are there any uh, exciting, you know, activities, loads, or funny stories that, uh you know, that you have uh, up the top of your head that you want to share with us? You know, be it funny <laughs> things or exciting things or, you know, moments that you really felt that like, oh, they're getting it. They're really getting it.
10: yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think I can't necessarily pinpoint one specific story, but every Shabbat we have a chena suled that the counselors run, um, and I kind of just have the opportunity to be like a fly on the wall and walk around the room and see how the campers are contributing. Um, and usually, they're kind of um, they're pretty charged conversations about Israel, um, different aspects of Israel. Um, and in general, the counselors, you know, probe the kids to, you know, really express their opinions on things. And especially the the age that I had, they're they're kind of at that developmental point in life where they can, you know, they really do have opinions on things and they want to share those opinions. And they're they're just getting to that starting point of thinking about things, um, right. about the world, especially their age, is yeah. Their, the own places in the world, yeah. Um, so it was just amazing to kind of see and hear the things that these kids would talk about and, you know, their opinions on Israel, their opinions about the army, um, especially having seen their own counselors, some of whom have served in the army, um, or spent a year in Israel, a gap year in Israel, or made aliyah and came back Mm -hmm. to camp to work. Um, And, you know, kind of just literally looking at them and seeing the gears in their minds turning of like putting all of the pieces together and then formulating an opinion and saying it out loud was really amazing for me to
11: witness.
7: Yeah. That's the, I thought it was the greatest feeling in the world. You see you know, so many yeah. times throughout the summer you're thinking like, ah, oh, those frustrating times where they're misbehaving, they're doing, you know, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And you kind of ask yourself unconsciously, like, am I doing what am I supposed to be doing? Are they getting it? And then there's those moments that are just, yeah, they really are, they really are getting it. Yeah.
11: Yeah.
7: That's exactly amazing.
10: It's It's really incredible.
7: So how does it, yeah. so you don't, uh, you know, I'm assuming Mosheva isn't uh, in session just like the other camps throughout the year. So what is it that, you know, you said you, you, you saw the, that the kids are understanding it and they are speaking what's on their mind and what's in their heart. And so what is it that, you hope they take with them throughout the rest of the year and hopefully bring back um, the next summer and maybe when they become staff? What is it that you hope the kids, on the kids' end, what you hope that they take with them throughout the year? If there's one specific lesson or just lessons in general that, that you hope they take with them throughout the rest of the year? And then also for you, what is what is something that you, know, you take with as you leave Honesdale, Pennsylvania after the summer? What is something that you take with you Throughout the rest of the year to keep you going.
10: Oh, so much! <laughs> um, <laughs> Loaded a little bit. On the kids' end, um, I think I think in general, putting aside the you know Israeli zionistic ideology for a second, I think that camp in general provides kids with such an unbelievable opportunity to really gain a lot of self-confidence in ways that they don't necessarily get by being in school. Um, Absolutely. And it, it almost forces them to kind of reach outside of their comfort zones in some ways. And I think that when you especially combine that with thinking about things on, you know, really serious levels like Israel and politics and, you know, having people share different opinions and having to learn how to deal with that, I think that's a really valuable life skill. And I hope that they took that, you know, kind of, I guess, confidence-building with them from camp, and I hope that they take that into school with them, because I think that that's going to make them really strong-thinking individuals. Um, and we'll just like better society at home because they're not they're not in camp the majority of the year they're actually at <laughs> home in school, so I think that they have a lot to offer and I think camp gives them that outlet to recognize that they have a lot to offer. So I hope that they take that with them. That's, that's um, an awesome and, point. And then in make. terms of uh, in terms of myself, I I learned a lot this summer. It was by no means a relaxing summer, um, but I learned so, so much. I think probably the most important thing that I learned about this summer was how to be a role model, because I think that when you're a counselor you're kind of in the position, and you you know, you're told a lot of times you're a role model for kids, um, and kids really look up to you, and, you know, they're really watching your every move and hearing everything that you say, but you're not necessarily so aware of that at all times. Um, you might not necessarily understand the gravity of what that means, and as a division head, I was, like, hyper aware of that, and I think that, it made me hyper aware of my own actions and, you know, the messages that I wanted to send to my staff and to the kids. And it, I learned a lot how to articulate what my thoughts on things were and, you know, how to be supportive, um, of counselors and campers and being a listening ear. I learned so much. I could go on and on.
3: I totally hear you, I
7: the same way you're preaching to the <laughs> choir, at least on my end, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, our listeners as well are feeling the uh, inspiration from you as well, just like I am. Thanks. Hey. But uh, you know, you make an excellent point, and uh, camp is a very special place at Moshevar or you know, every camp has their own uh, unique style, which we're hearing all about um, in this episode. But um, it's it's really it sounds like you did incredible things this summer. Um, just by hearing you speak about it, you, you, can, you can feel the passion and excitement uh, in your voice of the things you accomplished and the things you experienced and the things you learned. Um, so we really appreciate you sharing all of that with us. It sounds sounds like an incredible summer, and uh, your staff and your kids were lucky to have you as well as Jesse Silverman as their division heads, and I'm sure they all learned a tremendous amount. Yeah, thank you, I hope so. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. You'll see, like you said... You know your staff doesn't recognize the role models they are, and now you recognize that. You know the same thing that you know, maybe the lessons and how much they learned and how much they're uh, observing and gaining from you guys. You don't always see that right away either, but uh, it'll it'll come. It, it definitely will.
11: Yeah, yeah,
10: definitely. And I've experienced that firsthand, so yeah. definitely
7: true. Absolutely, and I'm sure I'm sure it happened well, in the past for you. It'll happen in the future. Um, and just, you know, keep doing good stuff. So thank you so much, Khanna, for joining us on the show here today. Um, we really appreciate thank you taking you. out time for your busy, busy schedule uh, to share a little bit about you and a little bit about camp and uh, about the awesome things that you did this summer.
10: Thank you so much. I really appreciate
7: it. Of course, of course. Have a great year, and looking forward to hearing great things from you.
10: Thanks, you too.
0: And now moving from Mosheva to Misora, Here's another interview by Sammy Schechter.
7: Our next guest is uh, representing another camp, Camp Masora, who has uh, also been there for uh, a nice while um, and uh, is going to spend some time with us talking about her experiences there. So we'd like to welcome Aliza Fromus to the show. Aliza, welcome. How are you?
10: I'm good. How are you?
7: I'm good. I'm great, actually. I was good, now I'm great. So, Aliza, can you tell, uh, tell the uh, radio world a little bit about yourself?
10: Um, well, my name is Eliza Bromwich. I live in Woodmere. Um, I've been in, going to Camp Missouri. This summer was actually my tenth summer. So, right. so when it's I was double nine, double digit, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, started in the youngest division, went straight through staff, did a whole bunch of different things. Um, but this summer I was a teen counselor. It was a really awesome summer.
7: All right. Very cool. So what is it like being a teen counselor? Is that any different than non-teen or is it the same? What, what was that like?
10: Um, it's definitely different than main campus. Um, you know, like the girls are older and boys are older, obviously. Um, so it's a little bit more laid back. Uh, you know, everyone gets to do kind of their own thing, but like still on a schedule. Uh, I was actually an older teen counselor. We went to Denver for our teen trip,
3: Whoa. Was really did you cool drive and there?
10: exciting. No, we went on a plane,
3: which
7: All was right.
10: really fun. The kids had a lot of fun. The counselors also did, of course.
7: Okay, um, good. <laughs> that's important. So that so was like would... the
10: highlight of the summer.
7: That's very for cool. Everyone. Did you have trouble breathing there?
10: Actually, in the beginning, some people were complaining
7: from the like altitude. Yeah, but it's true. I have been long there time, and it please. does it does affect you. It really does. So what was it yeah. so what was your uh, summer like this year and um, coming from being uh, involved in at camp or in a camp as a camper for so long um, and then joining the counselor force um, what kind of uh, well first of all tell us a little bit about Masora. Um, what makes Masora such a special place when, why you've been going back for 10 years? Uh, what what I've never been there, so just tell us a little bit about Masora.
10: Um, so actually, my first experience in camp was in 2004, when I went on the first Masora experience, um, and you're there for three days, and you get to kind of like be a part of the camp and experience what Masora is like and have activities. And at the end of three days, when it was time for me to go on the bus to go home. I started crying because I was having such a good time that I didn't want to leave. So, of course, when I got home, um, (laughs) we signed me up for the next summer for two months. And uh, I loved it from day one all the way through the end. And, like, every single summer I would have countdowns. Like, every one day, like, I was, like, the girl who would count from day 284 (laughs) until day one. I was that annoying girl who would count until camp. It's um, like the counselors are amazing, the head staff is amazing, cleanup staff, everyone, it's just, I, I loved it, it was my home away from home, I couldn't imagine going anywhere else but Masora, um, and then when it came time to be staffed, like, of course I was going to Camp Missouri because that's where I grew up, and then, um, my plans changed a little bit when I got older, I got involved in Yawclod, and then I, I want to be yachad staff. So, my first summer as a staff member, I worked in Misora, of course, and then course. I did a yachad programming in a different camp. And then the next summer, I was like, "But I need to be in Misora." So I did yachad Misora, which was definitely different because it was it was like funny for me to be in Misora, not as a camper, doing a totally different thing.
3: But it was an amazing
10: summer. And then this summer, when it came time for me to make my decision as to where where I was going to go, what I was going to do, I was, like, really conflicted, like, what should I do? And then I was just thinking, like, why don't I want to go to Missouri? Like, I've been going there my whole life. This is going to be my 10th summer if I do it. And, like, my older teen counselor had a huge, huge impact on me and who I am today and on my whole entire life. Um, and I'm still really close with her. And I figured, like, if I can be that counselor for someone, like, why shouldn't I be? And, like, she had such a positive impact on my life, and I just wanted to do at least a little bit of what she did. So that's when I decided I was going to go to Canvasora and be a teen counselor.
7: That is that is awesome. And that's, that's what our show is about today, about counselors having an impact. So what was it? First of all, before you even say anything, I know you for sure made an impact on many, many uh, people, many, many kids in your division. Um, but what was it that both your, the counselor, you can even give her a shout-out if you'd like, Um, what was it that your counselor, how did they have an impact on you, what was that like, and in return, what kind of things were you looking to, you know, give over to your kids, both actively and passively, you know, just by leading by example, Um, so again, what was it that you learned from her, Um, and in what way did you learn from her, and the same way, how did you give that over in your own way to uh, your kids this summer? Ooh,
3: that's a big question. It is, um, I thought of
11: it so myself. My, <laughs> my
10: counselor in older teens was Miram Kukasili. I'm sure people listening probably know her. She's a long-known person who's awesome. Um, and basically, like, she was just there. Like, she wasn't, like, that forceful counselor who did whatever. She wanted to chill with us, be our friend, um, and, like, very, very passively, like, give us those positive influences, like, realizing, like, the counselors might not even realize, like, they are having an impression on their campers. But, like, just by a counselor doing something, um, she had an impression on all of us. Um, Teen counselors are generally post-Israel. So, like, I guess you can say, like, quote-unquote, like, they're the firmer ones. So that could either go, like, positively or negatively because when you're a teen girl... You're very like, oh, and like I don't really know what to say <laughs> about it. But, like, <laughs> 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 it's like hard. Like well, it's, enough so. It's that stage where like you're seeking to become like, like you're seeking like the interest in in your Judaism and whatever, but like you're also a little embarrassed about it. So it's very important that you have the type of counselor who is like chill and cool and fun, but like can also be looked at as a role model, and that's exactly what my counselor was for, I think, my whole bond, kind of also my other counselor, Rebecca Goldberg. Um They both were like amazing and I just wanted to do what they did. So, I hope. <laughs> I mean, my goal wasn't to like be forceful or anything. It was just to be there, to have fun, and show them that like being from doesn't mean you have to like hide away in a little corner stuffed in a room, like, you can be out there having fun and doing your own things, but, like, also being from and doing your own things in that sense, but, like, also having fun and being normal about it. So that was very important to me as a counselor because I knew what it was to me when I was a camper. And every time, like, I did something funny or whatever it was, were was like, what, you do that? Or, like, (laughs) like, let's say (laughs) something, like, silly, like, having to do with the boys, and they just didn't understand, like, I knew all they wanted to do was hang out with the boys, and I was just like, guys, like, I was you four years ago, like, I know exactly how this camp works, like, of course, like, you go to davening to, like, sit next to the Marisa so you can see the boys, but, like, you can also davening.
3: <laughs>
10: <laughs> so they're like, oh my god, why do you know that? I was like, because I was you, like, I get it.
7: <laughs> that's amazing, and then, that's like, amazing.
10: Yeah. So... We had fun. Good.
3: It was, good. That's like, what you're it was supposed a really good,
10: fun summer. And my, good. my co-counselor also was amazing. One of my really good friends bounced each other out loud, so.
7: <laughs> That's so great. And you, you clearly get what it's all about. Um, and you definitely, it seems like you definitely gave that over to your campers this summer, which I'm sure they gained a tremendous amount. I from. hope so. I'm sure they did. I'm sure. They, and it sounds like you did as well. It's interesting. You're, you know, you're in camp for so many years and, you know, every year you get more and more adjusted and more and more, you know, at home, you know, you think you can never get more at home. And then the next year you prove to feel more at home and more, you know, a part of a part of camp. Um, and then every year you seem to learn more and more both about yourself, you know, you think your staff, your upper staff, you know, but there's always more to learn and there's always more to gain. Um, and that's clearly, uh what you guys did this summer. Both, I'm sure you gained a lot. I'm sure your kids gained a lot. And that—that's what—that's what summer's about. I always say, you know, summer, the counselor camper relationship is in the summer is only the beginning. You know, it's it's meant to last for a lifetime, really. And like you said, your counselor has impacted you till today, and I'm sure you impacted your kids as well. You know, from today on I hope till, uh, so if you had to say there's one thing you know, that you hope your kids, one of the messages and lessons that you gave over to them, um, both either actively or passively, if you said there was one thing that you wish that they would take with them after the summer, throughout the rest of the year, what do you think that would be? Um. Tough question.
10: That is a tough question. <laughs> One thing from um, to take from the summer through the year, yeah. Um, well, summer is like a time where you kind of do what you want because, let's say, like you're not living at home, so like you're not living by your family's standards. So, like you make your own choices. So, a lot of times, that's a really good thing. Um, I know as a camper, like, I always became more independent and, like, started doing different things because I wanted to and not any good things, hopefully. Um, So I guess I would say, like, take those positive things that you learned to do for yourself um, and stick with them. don't just because, like, your parents or your friends or whoever is watching you be afraid to let those things shine and stay with you. I
7: love it. I love it. That's amazing. Nailed it on the head. Aliza, so, <laughs> thank you so much for taking. I'm gonna let the world know you. Aliza was a little nervous, but I'm sure you can tell that that was not uh, portrayed on the radio whatsoever. So Aliza, thank you so much for your time and for your messages and for just your simcha and the happiness um, in the world. And uh, we continue to learn a lot from you, and our viewers and listeners
0: will do as well. So thank you so much, and have a great year, Aliza. Thank you.
10: Thank you, Sammy.
0: And before we head to Sammy's final interview, we're going to play one of my newer favorites from Mordechai Shapiro, Schar Mitzvah. (laughs)
12: Mitzvah has <laughs> Gitano, be simple. You gagalou, Loi, Lassus Mitzvah, get the merry shine. Oh, 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 I got a little so is it with you know, oh, 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 Endet auf ein Kitzwo, wenn wir tot damit zu noch oh, der Mabo. <im gospel> oh, 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 er mitzvo, oh, 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 vor Se mit zwei Herzen getan hab ich im Chor, ihr Gangluloi, so ich mich so in deiner Melodie scheine. Oh, se mit zwei Herzen getan hab ich im Chor, ihr Gangluloi, mit zwei in deiner Melodie scheine. So ich
0: And that was Shachar Mitzvah by Mordechai Shapiro. Now, before I hand it off to Sammy for one final interview, I teased a segment called Four to the Door earlier on in the show, if you remember. Four to the Door is a segment that uh, I plan on wrapping up every show with, so we're not quite there yet, but uh, it's something I, I continually want to tease so that you remember it's coming up so that uh, you tune in as we wrap up our show in about another half hour. But um, four to the door is something that it'll be a top four list comprised by both myself and Jamie Turkell, the assistant programming director here. Uh, it'll be themed you know based on the week, so we'll have different top four lists, you know, maybe a favorite this, a favorite that. Um, I don't want to tell you quite yet what this week's will be, but uh, you could assume it has something to do with with the summer fun, with summer feeling. So uh, that's something to keep in mind as uh, we get closer towards the end of the show. Anyway, here is Sammy Schechter with his final interview on Bite Size.
7: All right. Our next guest is coming from a little bit farther away than our previous guest, all the way from Eretz Israel. Uh, please welcome Yoel Sturman to the show. Yoel, welcome. How are you doing over there? I'm doing great, thank God. How are you, Sammy? Oh, I'm um, excellent. Thank God as well. So uh Yoel, can you uh tell us a little bit about yourself and um what you did this past summer?
11: Alright, so I'll start with the most important thing. I'm a uh, friend very friendly with Sammy Sechter. Um <laughs> not just a friend, also a roommate during the summer. So um we'll start with that. Uh throughout the year I run Yachar Israel. Uh, which is booming right now. We have already three chapters, one in Jerusalem, Beit Shemesh, and we're opening one this year in Gushat And in the summer, I, uh, work in Camp Lavi. Um, this summer was my ninth summer over there, and now big numbers.
7: We're getting old. But I still (laughs)
11: feel 18, and, uh, always trying to smile. That's about it.
7: And do a good job, y'all. I will tell you that. So what was Camp Lavi like this summer over there?
11: So Camp LaVie, the place to be. Bar HaShem, um, we see Camp LaVie really getting to where every camp should be. Uh, I would, If we compare it, let's say, to, I don't know, to a phone. Camp LaVie is the iPhone 7. It did not even come out yet, but Camp LaVie is already there. Um, <laughs> it's a non stop camp. There's always something going on. You never get bored, and we're always looking to update, you know, what can be the next cool thing that we can bring to camp. And I think the most beautiful thing about Camp Lovie is that, as exciting and cool as it is, um, you know, we always, the focus is always on the most important thing is really educating the kids, you know, giving them uh, not only a fun environment but also an educational environment. Uh, I would put it in a fungicational environment. And um, mm-hmm. that's really what camp is all about. When you walk into camp, you know, you're disconnecting from the world. So it could be fun. Obviously, it's fun. Camp is all about fun. But what else are you adding to that? And I think that Joey Honig, as a director and a owner of the camp, um, you know, he really comes from the right place. for this. He knows that he bought the camp because he loves the concept of camp. He loves educating, and uh, he's doing a great job.
7: Absolutely. So, what um, what do you think sets La Vie? You spoke a little bit about the uniqueness of Camp Lovey, but this summer, what um. What are the things that you, you felt Camp Lavi and you really accomplished and that you okay. really gave over to the kids that they uh, they can take home with them after the summer and take them through the rest of the year? Um, I would say
11: the main thing that um, was, I think, um, that was the focus in camp this summer was Ben Javero. Havero. Um, so obviously, you know, in Shema, the first thing you say is That's the Hafeb the Shema That's obvious. Ben but what's with the other time, you know, that I keep the Haftarah HaKamoha, most important, Ka'al in the Torah. Um, they come together. You can't separate them. And I think that this summer in camp we really worked very hard on that with all the themes that we brought up and the curriculum that we built for the you know, staff, staff, um, really bringing the kids to understand that it, it's not separated. Ben Abel Lamaco, Ben HaVero comes together, and uh, I think we see results, and I think that the kids... Um, the fact that the summer was so great and such a beautiful and fun environment was because the people know how to interact with each other in a fun way, you know, appreciating each other and everything really with a smile because you're, you are you love the person that you're with, you know? You love your, your people on the bond, You love the people on the other team. And that goes uh, to you as well, Sammy, as a roommate, you know?
7: Absolutely. Uh, so the importance <laughs> of, you know, you know, treating people with respect um, you know, and as Camp Lovey says, me don't matter most um, are, you know, the things that, you know, sounds like you really, you really passed on to the kids and that was the feel around camp. Are there any, you know, exciting stories or experiences that you can remember offhand that uh, that really, like, showed you that, like, oh, these kids are actually getting it? And, you know, these this is what camp, we can say that that's what it's, it's about, but, you know, there's this one time where, you know, you saw and you really felt that, like, the energy and the, the excitement... This is really what camp is about—the you know the respect and the love for one another.
11: Um, there are many stories, you know. Uh, let me bring one offhand. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll bring up one story that's more that caught me in both, meaning both ben and m'makom and Javero. We were watching a movie, um, which was telling about World War II and the Holocaust. And while we were watching the movie, the kids were eating pizza. And one of the scenes in the movie was when there was this old lady in the forest, there were partisans running away from the Nazis, and they were running out of food. And you see her, you know, scraping the pot for the burnt parts of the food that was left from two days ago. And at that moment, I took the remote, I paused the movie, and I told the kids, this wasn't so many years ago. You know, we're watching this old lady scraping the pot, and we're sitting here right now, eating pizza. Let's all say bracha chrona nicely together to appreciate what we have. And I think that was, the you know, the most beautiful bracha chrona I ever heard because the kids really meant it. And where comes the part of benedema havero? You know, when you work at benedema makom in the proper way, with understanding what you're saying, understanding what Benji is all about, understanding how to appreciate what Hashem gave us, that everything is coming from Hashem, you also know how to appreciate each other. And uh, that's just one of the moments that really, you know, touched me personally, but uh, there are many more moments. Maybe during our next pillow talk, I'll tell you some more.
7: <laughs> sounds great. Wow. <laughs> so it really sounds like you, Camp La Commerce, some really incredible things there. Um, and, you know, that that's what it's about. Camp is about, you know, learning, and everyone's going to have a good time, that's for sure. Um, but you want these kids to go home a different person than they came in for better, not for worse? Um, it really sounds like you you guys accomplished that. You know I, I admitted earlier in the show that I'm a Camp Lovie person, and I'm proud and to admit it, and I'm glad to be a part of the team and uh, really accomplished some incredible things there. If you some, one thing that Camp Lovie gave over to the kids, both staff and kids, you know over the summer, what is one thing that you hope that they take with them throughout the rest of the year? be it you know, a lesson or experience or you know attitude of sorts?
11: Um, I think the, the main theme of this summer, you know, of uh, besides being, uh, you know, what superhero you are, um, but we were also talking about respect all the time. Um, I really hope that the kids, you know, took it with them not only throughout the summer but for the rest of the year and, you know, take respect to another level. Not only respecting those that it's obvious you me to respect your parents, your teachers, your friends, but also, you know, people that you wouldn't even think about. Like, you're just walking... And you see a stranger in the street that wants to sit on a bench that you're sitting on and you're going to get up and give them the proper respect and let them sit down. Um I really hope that, you know, we were teaching the basic levels of whatever we're trying to teach and the kids will learn on their own or many with or maybe with help of others to take it to another level. So yeah, starting with respect and once you have respect going the right way, uh, the sky is the limit.
7: Unbelievable. Sounds, sign me up for summer 2016, yo. I'm in. Let's take our lessons <laughs> to a whole nother level. So I'm thank you all yo, so much for 20, taking 30, out the time so. and, you know, talking a little bit about Count Lavie and the incredible things that they've done there. And I'm um, looking forward to hearing incredible things from you, from Lavie, and, uh, should be a good year for you.
11: Thank you, Sammy. Fanat Savat to you and to everyone, anyone listening. Thank you
7: very much. Of course. Thank you all. You're the man.
0: So that was Sammy's final interview, talking to four different staff members of four different camps. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, we had Leora talk to two campers from Kids of Courage, and now Sammy spoke to four different staff members of four different camps. So it's it's just very interesting to see, you know, how the counselors react to their summers and how the kids themselves react to their summers. and And I think all around, we could see that all of them had just such great times and, and experiences that will last a lifetime with them. So thank you, Liara, and thank you, Sammy, for bringing those to light with us here on Bite Size. Now we're going to head over to some more music, and here are some of my older favorites that my mom used to play in the car for me as we head home from school from Avram Freed.
5: in the My am my machine, in my room, my rubble
0: was Levin in by Avram Fried. You heard right before that Dito Bay and Chazak entering the little music break. Now I promise you those three songs as I said before were the three songs I pretty much listened to every day when I went home carpool with my brother with my mom. Uh, Pretty much memorized those and then uh, actually forgot about it for a while until I got here at the Nachum Siegel Network and had to bring them back to its uh, famous stature from that time. Anyway, uh, we're done here in terms of interviews, but remember, I did tease a segment called Four to the Door, and I think it's now time to finally explain what this segment is all about. Four to the Door, if you could figure it out, is uh, spelled F O U R to the D O O R. Um, door meaning exit, meaning, you know, wrapping up the show. And the four is going to be a top four list every week, comprised by myself, Yoni Pollack, the host, and assisted. Well, actually, also comprised by Jamie Turkell, our assistant programming director here at the Nakam Siegel Network. Each week, the top four list will be themed sort of towards the the general topic of our show. So this week being summer, we figured we'd give it a little summery feel, a little uh, throwback to the summer days. Now, depending on where you're from in the United States, it may already be turning to winter, but uh, where I was born and raised in Houston, Texas, it is summer for... Probably another, you know, month or two. But uh, so four to the door this week is going to be a top four list of our favorite popsicles. Specific to popsicle because uh, otherwise every single ice cream sandwich I've ever eaten would be on this list because I love ice cream sandwiches. But we're going to keep it to popsicles. Um, there's no specific criteria in terms of grading this. Meaning uh, I want you, the listeners, to grade it either by sending me an email at yoni, Y-O-N-I, at Siegel.com or leaving us an app comment on the NachumSiegel app, which you could download on your iPhone or Android. And I strongly encourage you to do so. Um, and we will, you know, check back. We'll hear the comments. We'll hear the emails. We'll look, read the emails. Excuse me. And um, we'll see who comes out the, quote-unquote, winner of our four to the door. Now, this week... Again, we did top four popsicles. I'm going to read you, I think we're, what we're going to do, uh, Jamie, if you don't mind, we're going to do one by one. Should we start from the top or should we start from the bottom? Should we go four, three, two, one, or one, two, three, four? Oh, she's giving me like a, this is your show. You got to do what you want to do. Okay, so, man, this is tough. You know, I didn't really think about this. I think what we're going to do is we're going to start at number four on your list, And we're going to go 4321 on your list, and then we're going to go 4321 on my list. I'm going to repeat the lists over. We're going to let our our fans email us or comment on the app. And uh, I'm curious to see what people think. Now, I'm actually reading the lists now, and we have absolutely no layover, which is kind of crazy. Um, Apparently, you have bad taste in popsicles, which is fine. You know, everyone has bad taste in something. But uh, let's see what our listeners think. So, coming in at number four on Jamie's list is Toasted Almond. That is by Good Humor. I'm going to assume it's it's a heavy almond flavor, um, which I guess she likes, which is fine. I like my almond here and there. Coming in at number three is Luigi's Italian Ices, specifically cherry. Now, I'm going to assume you like more, but, but cherry is your favorite, which is, you know, I'd probably say cherry is my favorite too. Uh, number two on our list is Strawberry Froze Fruit. And coming in at number one is Snow Cone, the, the popsicle brand Snow Cone. Okay. A decent list again. Four, three, two, one. That's toasted almond, Italian ices by Luigi's, specifically the cherry flavor, strawberry froze fruit, and then snow cone. Her number one. Now here's my number four of my four to the door top four popsicles. Number four, Chloe's Fruit Bar. I don't know if you've if you're you know familiar with Chloe's. Uh, it's a place I have frequented throughout the last few years. Uh, they have some pretty good fruit bars. At number three, I put haagen Vanilla Milk Chocolate Bar. I, you know, I like almond. I like this. I like that. I like caramel. But, you know, sometimes the plain and simple vanilla milk chocolate, mm, tasty. And number two, and it's funny that it's number two on my list because apparently there are some in the studio, is Good Humor Strawberry Shortcake. So we both have Good Humor in here. You going with the toasted almond. I'm going with the much better one, Strawberry Shortcake don't smile, don't laugh. And number 1, now this one I don't want to say I cheated, it's just that I don't have a specific type, but number 1 I put any sort of fudge bar. Fudge, anything that's, you know, full fudge, no vanilla, no milk, no nothing, just a straight up fudge bar. Those are delicious. So again, that's Chloe's fruit bar, Häagen-Dazs milk chocolate, Good Humor strawberry shortcake and uh any sort of fudge bar. So uh Let's hear it in the comments, or again, you could email me at yoni, Y-O-N-I, at com, and let us know who wins this week's four-to-the-door top four popsicles. And that'll wrap things up here at Bite Size on the Siegel Network. I'd like to thank our contributing hosts, Leo Razamik and Sammy Schechter, for really uh, giving us the opportunity to hear from both campers and staff members on their incredible summer experiences, whether it be this past year or previous years. We'll be back again next week at 9 a.m. Eastern for another episode of Bite Size. A reminder, you can check us out all over social media on Facebook at Nahum Siegel Network, on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, and on Instagram at Siegel Network. If you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, you can do so by heading over to your app store and installing the free NSN app on your smartphones, that's iPhone and Android, and get all of our content while on the run. My name is Yoni Pollack, wishing you all a good day and reminding you that the bite size is the right size.